how should you plan for when your home becomes too small or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender. This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with the prices up to 60% off. If you're looking to come see Gregory and I on December 27th versus the Hurricanes on a Friday, check out GameTime right before the game. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play app, sto- the Google Play Store or the App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets with up to 60% off. Okay, here's Mark Messier. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Blue Shirts Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host, as per always. Ryan Mead of The Athletic, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, also of The Athletic. Gregory, say hello. You know what confuses me more than anything else in this entire world, Ryan? I have an answer, but I'll wait for yours. Those glasses that are advertised for allowing you to see in high definition. Do we not see normally in high definition? What definition do we see in if it's not literally the highest of definitions. We technically live in a 3D world. You know, it's the, we live in the I, third I just, dimension. I, the people, the people who advertise these glasses as, oh, well, if you put these on, you'll be able to see in crystal clear, high definition. The fuck are you talking I th- about? I think. What does that even mean? Go in the same category as Pet Rock, kind of like how Pet Rock was really popular at one point in time, but it's like a rock, you know. But they need, they needed pet. So it's really just glasses that make things look kind of cool, and they they label it as HD to get you. If you're wearing HD glasses and you start watching HD TV, does it actually go back to standard definition? Is it like two negatives I, equal I, a positive I'm kind of? Not a math guy. I can't answer that question. I hardly okay. understand analytics. So, uh, Got it. Welcome to the number one New York, Rangers po- money, New York Rangers hockey podcast. Number one in Brazil every single week. Uh, I have a, a one nonsense story for you quickly, Greg, before we get to all things Rangers. I was. It in, does it involve new Mets owner Steve Cohen? It does not. Does that, does, does that not pique your interest? It doesn't pique my interest. I, I just want to know interest. what you think this, this is. So I uh, was in the mount, a mountain town upstate uh, over the weekend, and uh, it's the holiday well, season. What do you mean, now, what do you mean by upstate? Like actual upstate? Like the Hudson Valley. That's not upstate. It's upstate, buddy. Um, it's not upstate. <laughs> okay. It's upstate from you. That doesn't mean it's upstate. It's upstate for me. Where, where, where exactly? Let's get into this debate right now. Where Fine. Exactly? I was at New Paltz. That's not fucking upstate. It's upstate you to me. Ta- you could take a Metro North train to New Paltz, bro. That's not upstate. Anything above Yonkers is upstate for me, buddy. I'm from Long Island. Oh, you're such... You're what's wrong with this generation. Me? I'm what's yes. wrong with this generation? You specifically. Oh, okay. You specifically. You know what? Go to Philly. You don't deserve New York if you think that's fucking upstate. It doesn't surprise me that you think that. Um, if you It's s- not upstate. Like, I don't understand it's not upstate it's just how we it's like when you play rock paper scissors you're from Long Island you always say says shoot but no one else does that oh my 
God, you guys grew up in the fucking. That's what we do. It's what we've always done. We do rock paper scissors says shoot. Man, you guys are wrong about a lot of things. You I know didn't that? even know that the the no says shoot version was a thing until I went to college. I had no idea. Thank fucking God the polar ice caps are melting, so we can just cross Long Island off the list right my, there. My <laughs> my only question to you is: if you see a sign that says Cookie Walk, what do you think? Like this way to Cookie Walk. I've read Hansel and Gretel. I know where this goes. Right. You would think there's some sort of walking ability where people are handing out cookies or at least there's yeah, some there's, sort of... There's a creepy old lady living in the woods that wants to literally cook you and your sister. I saw a sign says Cookie Walk. Got super excited. Holiday season. I'm a big holiday guy. I love Christmas so much. Mm-hmm. Went on said Cookie Walk. It was a walk to a house where you purchased overpriced cookies. That is not a Cookie Walk. I, I mean, just, it sounds like that's it. Was it a walk that ended in cookies? It was, but so then it I said, was duped. What, what would what else would you expect from a cookie walk? I thought there would be some sort of holiday festival season, not just like a. Uh, I thought there'd be car- carolers. I thought there'd be like some people like you go like house to house. It was at an old historic. Do road you only eat cookies during Christmas time? Uh, not only, but you under you understand there are increase. eleven other months of the year where cookies are readily available. I just right? when I go to a cookie walk, I think it's going to be a special occasion, not just a place to buy. Yeah, it is a cookies. special occasion. You're walking somewhere to get cookies. Okay, that is by definition a special occasion. Cookie walk was terrible. I have one more announcement question since we're on this. I was okay. I was driving through Pennsylvania as as I'm apt to do uh, these upstate days. Upstate Pennsylvania. Yeah, actually the the sticks Pennsylvania. And I saw a pizza shop the, that... Anything outside of Philadelphia and Pittsburgh qualifies as the sticks in Pennsylvania. I think so. so. I think that I think people would agree with me. Um, and I saw a pizza shop that you could, like, trade things for pizza. What do you was think... Was it on the pizza walk? It was not on the pizza walk, unfortunately. What do you think... There wasn't even pizza. A, a, like, if you... It's a big hunting town. Uh, Holly, okay. Holly, Pennsylvania, I believe. And okay. uh, they... What do you... How many pizzas do you think you could get for a buck? And by a buck, I mean a deer. I was about to say, like, what kind of buck are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, Because um, this is the question is, I, I'm really dying average, to know. Well, what does an average deer weigh? Good like, question. Okay. okay. I, I, wanted, I wanted to get Google to sponsor this podcast, but it will not. But I will uh, okay. quickly check it out. I'm going to say an average deer probably weighs in the neighborhood of 150 pounds. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'm looking right now. How much does a deer weigh? Okay. Good podcasting. Oh, oh, no since, deer, since a be- female deer. Since because it's the holiday season, a reindeer weighs 350 to 400 pounds. By the way, number one New York okay. Rangers podcast. I'm going to do Whitetail, huh? Whitetail. Whitetail, yeah. Fucking Bambi's mom. What does she weigh? Uh, it says 150 pounds. That's pretty good. Wow. I'm, I'm, <laughs> sign me up. Take me hunting, people. I know how much deer weigh. Deer expert Greg uh, Kaplan. I'm going to – so 150 pounds. If I traded in a deer for pizza, I'd say – I think you gotta get at least say, 20 I'm gonna pizzas. say 10 pizzas. Yeah, I, I think you double it up. I think I just want to know if a guy's like, okay, you gave me this deer. Here's 20 yeah. pizzas. Maybe that's yeah. not correct. I'm just I'm just curious how that process works. Okay, let's get to the Rangers. Well, uh, think well, think like venison meat is actually quite good. But it's good. It's gamey, but about, it's nutritious. You have to think of 10 pizzas probably gonna run you $120. $150 of venison. Yeah, I guess so. It's probably not that expensive because there is like a big hunting community if you're a hunter and you know a lot about this please let me know because i'm just curious as to what you think one buck a deer. we must we must have someone that knows the deer to pizza uh, <laughs> i just i just need to know the beard here. we have listeners in mississippi anything is possible that's true De- deer to pizza conversion someone fucking let yeah. me know all right yeah Lots, all right uh hockey well, i guess so that was fun though uh, a lot that happened this week 
I think there's the Mets uh, got sold. Let's start there. Let's start with let's the Mets. Start with the Mets. Okay, and then that happened. No, let's we'll we'll save it. I save it. Fun. Save it for the end, please. Uh, I guess we'll start with Vitaly Krasnov. I think that's a good way to a good starting point and probably a quick one. Larry right. Brooks reported today that the Rangers may possibly bring him back after Russia. It was pretty vague, and he had he got demoted to I believe what is the VHL, which is the American Hockey League version of the KHL. From my understanding, Steve Valaket uh, said it's like playing on the moon. So um, things aren't going too swell for Vitaly Kravtsov, but I'm here to tell you it's not time to freak out. The kid is 19 years old. Got probably got a lot going on. Thought he was going to be a big star in New York City this year. Imagine you thought you were going to be playing on a New York Rangers and then you were playing on the KHL. You were going to play. Imagine that you could play on the. You were going to play in the greatest city, the greatest stadium in the world, and then you're playing in the KHL. Uh, and by that I mean the VHL. So I, I think it's right. It's probably okay for him to be a little upset. It's probably good for him to deal with adversity, to learn how to deal with these situations. And I, I don't think anyone should be freaking out because I do believe he'll be back in the United States and probably a Ranger before we know it. Yeah, I I, I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts on this. Uh, Tractar's <laughs> dumpster fire. Yeah, dumpster it is, fire. Last, it's last largely considered, what, the worst run team? in the KHL or one of them, they're devoid of any talent on that roster. They got rid of all of their players that had even a microcosm of talent from last season. They have a new coach that doesn't owe anything or understand anything about Vitaly Kravtsov. It's a, it, it, it wasn't a great situation for Kravtsov to go back into. Uh, I don't think it's a reflection of anything Kravtsov has done personally. Anybody saying he's a head case or you don't should have know. just stayed Nobody in knows. I got news for you. I even with as poorly as things are going in Russia for Kravtsov this year. One, he's 19. Two, he's had success in the KHL before. And three, I think he's a lot. I, I, I don't know him personally. I don't know the things going through his life. I'd imagine it's a lot. Whatever he's dealing with, it's a lot easier to deal with it in Russia than it is in Hartford, Connecticut, because at least at the end, of, at the end of it all, at <laughs> least, yeah, I caught myself. That right. was good. At least he's in a familiar setting somewhere. He's been before somewhere. He knows the town. He knows the people. He has a support system around him. If he's going through one right now, he has something he can lean on. If he was going through one in Hartford, I don't know. Just because, just because Igor Rykov and, uh, uh, uh Rykov and Shosturkin, are Russian doesn't mean they have a relationship with Kravtsov. I'm sure they've crossed paths before. I'm sure they've talked before. I'm sure they bonded a little bit over the over the summer. Absolutely. But that's like saying yeah, at the just prospect camp they I'm, would hang out all the time. They were like, you know, but yeah, that's because well, they speak the same that, language. But it's just like imagine going to summer camp and just being like, oh well, you and so and so are from Connecticut, so that means you guys must be best friends. Fuck no, I don't know what part of Connecticut that asshole's from. Probably he sticks. doesn't know anything about me. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. So just as, just as, Russia's a, I don't know if you know this, Ryan. Russia's a big fucking country. Pretty big. Pretty fucking big. Yep. It's in two different continents. Learning, everyone's two learning different a Moscow's. lot today. Yeah, it's, it's big. Do you think it's, Moscow is upstate or not? Well, which Moscow? You know, there's an Asia Moscow and a uh, Europe Moscow, right? Shit, no, I did not know that. Well, you're an idiot. You learn something <laughs> new every day. Uh, I don't think anyone in Russia considers Moscow upstate. I'm pretty sure it's just like there's Western Russia, Serbia, Siberia, Serbia is a country, also, hashtag, also a country. Um, 
Western Russia, Siberia, Eastern Russia. And that's Russia in a nutshell right there for you. So like, what an educational pod this is today. I know we're really, we're really knocking it out. No, I don't know. I just, is it, is it a good thing that he got demoted? Fuck no, no one ever wants to see that. The Rangers are doing the right thing by checking in on him and asking, look, if you're not going to be getting big minutes in Tractar, is it better for you to come back to Hartford? Um, because we'll call you back I, for real. Yeah, the, the Rangers are doing everything right here. And honestly, Kravtsov's doing everything right as well. Kravtsov has to look out for himself, right? He doesn't owe anything to the New York Rangers. Not yet. He need no, I, it's the same thing we say with free agents, right? Go get your money. Kravtsov's got to do what's best for him. Of course, we want what's best. We want what's best for him to also be best for the New York Rangers. And in this instance, it is. But there's going to come a time where it's going to come down to what does Vitaly Kravtsov want? And the Rangers might not be the answer. And we can't be angry if the Rangers aren't the answer. Are, the Rangers are doing everything they possibly can here. They did it right by allowing him to go back to Russia. They're doing him right by saying, look, Russia doesn't seem to be working. Hartford's playing really well. Why don't you come back here, play with Hartford? Everything the Rangers could possibly do correct in this situation, they're doing it correct. And there is no right or wrong answer for Kravtsov. There's answers we would prefer. That doesn't mean it's the right answer. So I just, I, I didn't freak out when I saw the report. I didn't honestly... I don't want to say I didn't care about it. It just, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. He's 19. Let him be 19. A prospect is not made or broken at the age of 19. He has a successful track record. We've seen him play really well. We saw him play really well in camp and in the Traverse City tournament. Just because he's having a bad couple months in Russia doesn't mean his career is going to get fucking buried. And just because he's having a couple bad months in Russia doesn't mean he quit on the Hartford Wolfpack. None of this is true. Just fucking relax. It'll all work itself out. Have some goddamn patience, people. And let's just see what happens. He's going to, I promise you, he will end in the New York Ranger organization before the season is over. My favorite thing about this was you said I didn't have a lot to say. (laughs) Because I'm not saying a ton. Yeah. It's just like, just calm down. Calm the fuck down. Yeah, I think that's, that's the really appropriate the appropriate response. I think Vitelli will be back over here pretty soon. I think that's always been what we thought, right? I think we, come February, I thought he'd be back. And that's yeah, I'll I've always thought that. trade deadline just because there was going to be a home for him here. Mm-hmm. We, I still think there's going to be a home for him here around the trade deadline. Same, um, but I don't know. I'm not in a rush. I'm I'm chilling. Next, I'm relaxing. Next topic. Uh, I guess Georgiev would probably be the next topic. We did a nice BSBOT. If you want to listen to that. You can go to theathletic.com slash BSB and get 40% off your first year subscription. Nice little plug. Uh, a lot about Georgiev, the, the first half or most of that podcast. But since then, he's gotten even better. He's on an absolute heater right now. And Hank is supposedly going to start the game this week uh, on Tuesday. So I wanted to let or get your thoughts on, is that the right play? Or I'm kind of, I guess personally, I'm kind of like, why wouldn't we let Georgiev keep going? I guess the answer could be because he's tired and he played his ass off. But if he if you're on a heater like Georgiev is, I don't think you let him get out of the flow he's he's in currently. But I also think Hank has earned the right to do these things and play when he wants to. I mean, I'm in a really weird spot with Hank currently because it's just love Hank, right? No doubt about it. Probably the best Ranger ever. Definitely top three. It's probably in the best situation or the best situation for the Rangers. Like they have three goalies. Two of them are under 25. Hank probably isn't playing more than next year. So I don't, I don't know what to do with Hank at this point because you know what, Greg? He's still really good. He's still capable of playing this league. He's still a top 10 goalie, but I don't, he's definitely not a part of the future. So I'm just in this weird spot with Hank because I want to, I would like to keep both Georgiev and Igor, but I just don't see that happening. 
at all. I see you're part of the problem. You're, you're, I'm so happy you made this point mm-hmm. because now I get to be angry at you. And there's nothing I love more in this entire world it's, than being angry. It's, it's whatever I say. It's really easy for you to do. You're, you're just, it's, that's the fucking problem with half this fan base. We said it that the Rangers don't have a problem. Goalies. There's no fucking. You could keep prices. all three. There's no controversy. Yeah. There's none. None of this matters this year. What would I do next game? If Georgiev's tired, give him a fucking break. Even if Georgiev isn't tired, you know why Georgiev got into this rhythm? It's because of how the Rangers have been managing his games up until this point. You can, in theory, just run him into the ground until he's not hot anymore. Or you can continue to maintain his play, maintain his minutes, and maintain his games to try and keep his performance at a higher level. Whatever the Rangers have been doing with Georgiev clearly has been working. So why would they change that plan just because he's continuing to play really well? Stick to the fucking plan. And as good as Georgiev has been to this point in the season, he still hasn't been as good as Hank. Yep. Hank has been one of the five best goalies in the NHL this season. I am not arguing any point you said. I'd actually agree with almost everything you said. So, But here's what, you, here's, here's what you did. You asked the question of what do the Rangers do with Henrik Lundqvist. Here's what the Rangers not do Not for this year. I'm not worried about no, no. this year with Hank at all. And next year. And next year. The Rangers are in the world's greatest position with Henrik Lundqvist where the Rangers are not asking Lundqvist to play 60 games a year. They're not even asking. They shouldn't be asking him to play a single back-to-back for the rest of his career. They are asking Henrik Lundqvist to say, My dog they're going to the him and saying, now, bro, when you play, we just need you at your best. That's it. And we're going to make sure that you're getting plenty of time in between starts, that you're not under any undue pressure. You're just going to be able to play at your highest capability for the entire season and the entire next season. Because we're confident in the guys we have playing below you. I think and the again, reason I feel this way is because I don't know there's a trade right now unless it involves a first-round pick, which I feel comfortable giving up Georgiev. And maybe that's me being too high on a goalie, and goalies are very volatile. But the way Georgiev has played this season, with the exception of one game where he got absolutely housed and chased out of the game, has been pretty phenomenal. And he's only 25. He could be a, the future goaltender of this team if Igor doesn't work out. It's I'm I'm sort of on the fence about trading him at this point. I'm not sure I we want do this. To. We do this every time. Literally every time the Rangers get a backup, we fucking do this. We did it with Cam Talbot. Yeah. We did it with Antiranta. Yeah. We're now doing it with Alex George. This is the you first time I've fallen for years? it though. Like this is the first time I've actually fallen for it. Okay, but that's on you. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. That that's on you. We literally, every, we think about this all the time. Like wow, the Rangers have always had great backups. Yeah, because they have a good system in place for their backups. Also, their backup's going to play under Henrik Lundqvist. Pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking good. They get Benoit Allaire and Henrik Lundqvist as their teachers on a daily basis. And we wonder why, all the time, the Rangers' backups are good. Huh. Go figure. I wonder what two things are helping any Ranger backup play pretty well. So it's... Get it out of your head. I also think it's irresponsible to expect the Rangers to get a first-round pick back for Alex Georgia. I don't think they will. Great, absolutely. But no, they're not going to. There's no way they do. I don't know the last goalie that was traded for a first. Uh, Ben Bishop got like a third. And it's Ben Bishop who won a Stanley Cup. His name's on the fucking cup. I don't think. Is it on the cup? No, I don't think he won. I don't think it's on the cup. (laughs) He got to a Stanley Cup final. I think he he beat the fucking Rangers. I think he lost to the Blackhawks, buddy. Um, oh fuck the Blackhawks! Who cares about them? Oh, they're going to play. So I didn't see them in yeah, the twenty. They'll be outside. Winter yeah. Classic. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be wonderful. Super cool. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know, dude. It's you can get good pieces back for Georgiev, even if it's not a first round pick. You can get prospects back, you can get second round picks, you can get assets that'll help you get the player you next want. If trading Alex Georgiev to say the Maple Leafs or the San Jose Sharks for assets, and then you can flip those assets to the Edmonton Oilers for Jesse Poyarvi, you're doing it a hundred times out of a hundred. Because you know what the Rangers need, Ryan? They need better wingers. They need more depth in positions of need. Goalie for the New York Rangers is not a position of need. It's far from it. has never been a position of need for the last 20 years. They're good. That's crazy. If you want to trade George, and this, this is it, right? This is it that we've always talked about. Why don't we talk more about Henrik Lundqvist being traded? Because it's not happening. He doesn't want it. I don't think Hank he is going to get traded. I want to make that it. super clear. I don't. I, he's not going to trade it. No way, because he's going to say no. Because no, he's going to say no, and it doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't a Why would a team wanting to trade for Henrik Lundqvist worry about even half of what he's getting paid when you can just look at Georgiev, who's been good in his own right, and say, "Well, what about him?" And the Rangers are in a unique position, which we went over with in BSBOT, where literally. If the Rangers trade Georgiev, they have a guy they could promote right now. And if they move that guy from Hartford, they have a guy in Hartford who's playing well as Igor's understudy. And if they need to add another understudy in Hartford, they have a guy who is dominating in the NCAA. And if they go so on and so on, you forget that they drafted a goalie in the second round, not even a full 18 months ago. I don't forget at all. Just to make that clear. The Rangers... The Rangers have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to their goalies. Alex Georgiev, as someone, Ryan, who claims to be obsessive about getting the most for a depreciating value, the asset, you, I am the same guy who said the Rangers should have I, traded Keith Yandel. I, I, I am. I still feel that way you've about been the Ryan biggest Strom. Proponent, you've been the biggest proponent of Ryan Strom, Chris Kreider, Kevin Hayes, yep. Matt Zuccarello. Yes, sir. If you simply looked at what the trade asset is of Alex Georgiev, you would say it is irresponsible not to explore what that trade would look like. I think it it's definitely irresponsible to explore, but I think there's a certain price where I say, no, it's better to hold on to him for the long term because there's a chance. Well, there's not a chance. Well, it's pretty good chance that Henrik Lundqvist isn't on the team after next season. And then you could go into your season with Georgiev and Igor, and that's very valuable. But I guess you're not paying both. And uh, I guess I haven't considered the expansion draft in this case either. Because that's, sure th- that's another fact that that would be... That's 2021, right? Am I correct mm-hmm. in that? Mm-hmm. So then they could take a goalie such as Georgiev, because we can only protect one goalie. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, so then that that really sinks and my Igor, argument. And Igor bit. would be protected. exempt. Because oh, he would. He, yeah, he'd be exempt oh, because this his first year. So they, we could protect Georgiev too, so that's not too bad. Um, all right. I, I see where you're coming from. I do feel that way very strongly, but I just think finding a goalie who could perform at the level he's performing at currently, and I don't know if it's true or not. This could be similar to like you said. Could it be like Talbot? Could it be like Ranta? Well, the Talbot yeah, run. What was... you're you're saying you're saying is it possible for the Rangers to find a goalie who's performing at the level that Alex Georgiev currently is? And you literally just named two. I did. You literally just named. But two. they were at 25. I I just feel like he's 
he's a very valuable asset, and I don't want to trade him for anything like a fourth or a th like even a third. Like this is a guy that that could be a franchise goalie for another team, and I just don't understand the goalie market, and I haven't forever because if he doesn't fetch a second, I, I'm not sure that's not it's worth it. And even a set, like, I, I don't know. I'm just so confused with it because I do, I do still feel like we should tra trade Strom. I still think Kreider's gone, but but Georgiev, I've I've grown a little more attached to, and it's the first time this has happened to me with a backup goalie. Uh, Cam Talbot was 26 and 27 his two years mm -hmm. in New York. Yes. Uh, my slow internet is uh, making this a lot more difficult to do. I think Rato was a little older. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll, I will Why go for it. Computer piece of shit. I'll do it. Don't worry about it. I got it already. Okay. If it ever loads. Okay. Auntie Ranta in his New York Rangers season was also 26 and 27. So we're talking about a one-year difference with George F. Not really worried about it, dude. I'm not. Okay. I'm not going to be worried about it. I'm team trade George F. But I'm also not in a hurry to trade George F. I, I said it on the BSBOT. You I'll did. repeat it right here for everybody. He's going to be a New York Ranger, I think, for this entire season. Should they trade him before the trade deadline? Absolutely. Because you're going to get desperate teams to trade more now than they would at the draft. I think whatever whatever your ideal Georgiev, Georgiev trade package is, it's going to happen in February. It's not going to happen in June. Do the Leafs, everyone's going to be able... Do the Leafs the trade Leafs, for Georgiev before Georgiev shuts them out on that Friday night? Uh, before, no. Because I don't think the Leafs are in a position to admit that uh, they're that desperate for a goalie right now. Okay. Should they be? Absolutely. Do I think they will? No. But I think the Sharks, this is their window. At some point in time, the Sharks need to do something in goal. The Leafs, this is their window. At some point in time, they need to maximize these years they have with Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. Even though they're going to trade Nylander for Georgiev at this point. That's not the point. That's a lot of money. They, That's a lot they of money. Gotta, they got to make a move. Both those teams have to make a move right now. There aren't goalies available the age and caliber of Alex Georgiev. Just not. The Rangers can own this market if they want to, and they should. Because, again, the thing we've forgotten about a lot, and it's something we literally forget about it every time the New York Rangers win a game. Because the debate becomes – after the Vegas game, we're always talking about – what kind of win it is for the New York Rangers. It doesn't fucking matter what kind of win it is for the New York Rangers because regardless of what the Rangers do this year, this is still firmly a rebuilding season for the New York Rangers. They are not ready to compete for a cup. They are not ready to flirt with a deep postseason run. They are winning games on the backs of their two incredible goalies. And if those goalies ever revert, not even revert back to, just simply revert back to average. The Rangers are fucked. The reason why the Rangers are playing well and getting points right now is because both their goalies are playing out of their goddamn minds. And if those two people stop playing out of their goddamn minds, the Rangers are going to lose 7 of 10, 8 of 12, 9 of 14. They're going to get fucking cold real quick. And we just got to remember, this is we people fell for this trap last year when the Rangers went on that run. They fell for it two Hi. years ago when they went Hi, on the run. It's me. I fell for that trap. Yeah, stop falling for it. We do this every year. What are you doing? I fell for that we trap We clearly hard see what's wrong year. with the Rangers. Just because the difference between the Rangers this year and last year is they have Artemi Panarin. So they're always going to score. It, it's that simple. The New York Rangers, it's going to be hard to shut them out.
because they have a really fucking good, one of the five best, 10 best wingers in the NHL. But if the Rangers goalies stop playing like literal brick walls, they're not going to win as many games as they lose. It's that simple. So calm down. This team's rebuilding. When you're rebuilding, you don't worry about the long-term future of your 25-year-old goalie. It's the same conversation we have with Ryan Strom. By the time the Rangers are ready to be good again, you're paying Georgiev more money than you want to. And you shouldn't be paying him that much money because you have a guy, Igor, that you hope is better right behind him. Yeah, maybe the, so then maybe just, the first or second best prospect goalie in hockey. So Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. Trade him. Trade Georgiev. I want to keep all three. Trade him. Do it before February. Don't wait until the draft. I think they're going to wait until the draft. They shouldn't. Cash in now. The stock's never going to be higher. It's never going to be higher either... than it is right now. Ryan, what was your experience like with cryptocurrency? I got out after the dip. So it started dipping and I got out mm-hmm. uh, in an emergency. Yes. Are you happy about that? Uh, I wish I would have gotten out about, about three to four weeks earlier. Interesting. Yes. You see you see a correlation here. I do. I see the, I yeah. see those two things. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe sell the Bitcoin before everyone realizes that it's a fucking sham. Maybe. Still doing Just well. Saying. Bitcoin. That's doing okay. That's fine. Um, everything else? Everything else literally sucks. Everything else is garbage. All right. Uh, let's get to cash our fi- out. Cash out when you think. Get get out two weeks early as opposed to two weeks late. I do usually feel that way. I feel that way about Ryan Strom very strongly. I, I think mm-hmm. despite everyone on the team like being in love with Ryan Strom, and I think for good reason, uh, he's done a couple interviews. He's very charming. He's provided and played really well this year. Like I, There's no denying it. And since he's been a Ranger, he's really upped his game. But by the time, like you said, by the time where the Rangers are ready to contend again, Ryan Strom's going to be quite expensive. And I don't think you want to pay for that kind of player who might not be providing the same output he is now. Let's get to our five-star questions of the week. If you want to leave a five-star question, you can go to iTunes, search New York Rangers or Blizzard's Breakaway. We will pop right up and leave a you five-star you question. Don't want to talk, you don't want to talk about Vegas at all before we get the five-star questions. Uh, what about- just, just the... Well, just well, the, actually, no, the fun Twitter conversation. We're going to do it right now in the okay. five-star questions. I actually saved this on oh, purpose. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. I know. A little bit of producing there by me. Yeah. Not, uh, a lot of, not a lot of producing by you because you didn't tell your co-host about it. Uh, let's, let's just get this out of the way. Do you ever want me to tell you anything before we do a show? You do anyway, though. So what does it matter? Okay, fair. Whatever. I decided this during the show, so I didn't tell you. Uh, okay. Uh, this is from uh, – leave a five-star question. We'll read them on the show. Hey, guys, this is from Rory Langers. Pretty simple question here. Will the Raiders ever be good analytically? I don't understand all the charts and stuff I see on Twitter, but the Raiders are either in the red or the bottom of them. Is this a coaching problem, personnel, co- combination of both? And what do you think needs to be done towards the to be the be, – uh, yeah, sorry, be towards the positive side of the charts? Keep up the great work, guys, from the, uh, from the UK. Will the Raiders – first of all, it is a combination of both. And the best – the best way to explain this is the Golden Knights game. There are charts that have the Rangers in a very positive light, and they're all the goalie charts. The Rangers own the goalie charts because their goalies are crushing. And partially, part of the reason why it's so noticeable that their goalies are crushing is because the Rangers don't want to play defense. What, what, whatever you want to call what the Rangers are doing defensively, you cannot call it actually playing defense. I do love because- how the MSG was like, but we have the best defensive, offensive defense. And, uh, you yeah, know, it's like, what about the defense <laughs> part? That's great. With the, the Rangers have extra forwards, basically. They included Brandon Smith in that statistic, and it was truly a, a nightmare because he hasn't played defense other than the penalty kill. Yeah, it's 
we all know the the system the Rangers are playing, whether it is inherently good or inherently bad, and we have a lot of evidence to say it is straight strictly inherently bad. The Rangers either are playing the wrong system for their personnel or have the wrong personnel for their system. And it's 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 very clear to a lot of people, us included, that we don't think the Rangers personnel is in as dire straits as it was this time last year or even the year before. Right? Adam Fox is an answer piece. Jacob Truba is an answer piece. Tony D'Angelo is having a good year. Brady Shea, sporadic, but seems to be trending in the right direction. The Rangers have more quality defensemen now than they did at this time last year and probably at this time two years ago. The one constant is the system the Rangers are playing where they don't check the blue line. They allow defenders to come into the zone. They do. And they don't challenge the puck until it's below the circles. And if you're going to do that, it in this day and age in the NHL, that system may have worked years ago when it was all about getting pucks to the net. and But... It's still about getting pucks to the net, right? The difference is the way in which pucks get to the net. Teams are a lot more willing to shoot from distance, it feels like. They understand deflections, traffic, all of these things are actually helpful for your team on offense. And analytically, isn't it better? Again, I'm not the most analytically savvy person. I'm still learning. I really am attempting. It's better to bring the puck in than dump and chase. And a lot of good teams have that transition where they're able to bring the puck in. And if you're not picking them up till they're already in, that's a fucking problem. It's an yeah, issue. And it's, it's not, but it's not even a, it's not even an argument. First of all, it is always better to possess the physical puck as opposed to Dump putting chase. the puck somewhere where you hope to possess it. Correct. You always want to be in possession. I don't, that, that's not a noble concept that we should be just grasping here in the year of our Kako 2019. At the same time, the teams don't need to worry about dumping and chasing against the Rangers because the Rangers invite them in. It's they put out the red fucking carpet for guys. And we live in a world where third line wingers, they'd be eating people's lunches on second and first lines. Even five years ago, teams are deeper and better constructed now than they've ever been with the exception of some notable idiots, but that's not the point. It's just, the Rangers will not be good until they change their style of defense in terms of charts because the style of defense the Rangers play right now just invites shots. And we all agree, besides physically scoring, the only way you can create scoring opportunities in the NHL is by shooting the puck. And if the Rangers are going to... A novel to concept. Teams, another no- noble concept. I can't believe people haven't researched this before. Did you know if but you if shoot the, Ra- the puck, you're more likely to score? That can't be. I don't that know. Does it really head up? No. Not a math guy. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. It's it's but it's that simple. The charts are always going to hate the Rangers because the charts reward shot suppression. And the New York Rangers play a style of defense that welcomes shots. So again, it goes back to my Georgiev point. If at some point in time Henrik Lundqvist and Alex Georgiev simply play like league average goalies, the New York Rangers may never win a hockey game again. Because the level of difficulty they set for themselves over the system of defense that they play is ridiculous. They're literally playing on all Madden, where every other team is just playing on pro. It, it, it's illogical. So when the Rangers win 5 nothing against the Vegas Golden Knights, and when the Rangers seemingly shut out a team and win a game, quote-unquote, convincingly, 
and people come away being like, wow, what a good game by the Rangers. It really wasn't. It's just that Georgiev played out of his mind. No, it wasn't. A, it was. It was like the worst five zero loss I had ever seen by the Rangers. It's the most five zero win. I called it a loss. Look at me. It's it's the most lopsided five zero win in hockey history because the, there wasn't a single New York Rangers skater that had a good game. Everybody sucked for the most the part. The only person that had a good game was Alex Georgiev. And at the at, at the end of that at the at the final buzzer, if Georgiev is having the greatest game of his life, that's really all that matters. That's it. Because if the other team can't score despite having literally every high danger shot attempt that game could possibly give them. <laughs> if Georgia stops them, I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't but, really matter. But what is it? What the, is it? The, the is it causation? Rangers, correlation doesn't equal causation. Correlation doesn't. Is that the right way to do it? Correlation doesn't prove causation. Right. The Rangers will never be good in these charts because this is how they play. It's, it's that simple there. And the, again, our biggest complaint during this entire Lindy rough era is we are yet to see evidence to suggest the Rangers think they have a problem with their system. And I think part of that is because their goalies have always been good. Even over these last three years, the goalies have never, ever been the problem. Even, even when Hank was struggling, quote unquote struggling, the team was still getting positive goalie performances. So if the goalie, the goalies can cover up every mistake you ever make. And if they're playing the way the Rangers goalies are playing this year, you could actually start convincing yourself that you don't have a problem. But just imagine how good the Rangers could be is if they were getting this level of goalie play while also playing defense. A novel concept again. Just what it, you don't have to be into analytics to realize that the amount of shots or dangerous shots that the Rangers are getting against them is bad. I just don't think that's no. that hard to figure it out. It but also it, it still isn't it still isn't just the system, right? Mark Stahl still plays for this hockey team, and he's just flat-out not good. Tony has struggled a little bit on defense, as you have noted. Yep, but it, it doesn't help Tony when he has to play with Mark Stahl. Yep, like, it, that's going to bring down Tony's game. Uh, when Mark will. was out, Lieber Hayek was going through one. Truba has Lieber been much, Hayek, much better since uh, Hayek has taken a seat, and by that I mean got injured, unfortunately. No, but even before then, when, Truba, when Hayek was simply just not playing with Truba, Truba started playing better. Yes. So... It's it it's to answer the question. It is both flatly. The Rangers play a losing style of defense, and the Rangers personnel, flat out, just isn't that good. And it's not just the defensemen. Their forwards, there aren't a lot of two way forwards the Rangers currently play with. When you're trying to convince yourself that Brett Howden is one of them, you don't have any. <laughs> it's really it's like. It's it's really Jesper oh, Faust and then a whole lot of a whole lot of hope. I put Lemieux on there too. No, again, Lemieux just because Lemieux is tough doesn't mean he's a good defenseman. I, at least he like is getting in the action. He's not. He's going okay, back. Okay, but all the then time. again, we we've talked about this before, and we've talked about it specifically in regards to Hayek. Just because you're hyperactive doesn't mean you're good. Just because you're noticeable doesn't mean you're good. Just because you're doing a lot and it seems like you're doing enough defensively and you notice him every time he's in the defensive zone, that doesn't mean he's good. It just means he's being active. That's all being active means. It's fair. I just, as a participant who's watching, it looks like Brandon Lemieux is playing defense to me, personally. I, I think he is, but that doesn't mean he's, he's, he's quite average. Good at he's okay. average. All right. And when you're average on this Rangers team, that means we're going to think of you highly. 
But that doesn't mean he's not happy. Like, Kako still has to learn how to play defense. That's definitely an improvement that has to come with this game. I still think he has some conditioning thing that things that have to go on. There's definitely Panarin is is quite good at defense, but he's not exactly built for it. Mika still has issues once in a while. I, I think this team all all could use a, a sort of better defensive scheme for their offensive players. Also, I guess this has been a really long winded way to talk about the Vegas game in general. But that's been one question for five stars. <laughs> there you go. We have four more. Um, this is from K Fisher O nine two four. Hey, guys. Oh, it says, uh, the best Rangers podcast about the Mets. If you want to hear more about the Mets, after our interview today, we'll be talking about Greg's thoughts on the Mets. I, I, I prefer to think of us as the best Mets podcast that talks about the Rangers. I think it's probably a better way to do it. Hey, guys. Keegan from Indiana here. Happy four years. Thank you so much. As someone who uh, Greg probably views as a thorn in his side, even if you don't know who I am on Twitter. I know exactly who Keegan is, and he's not a thorn in my side. I know, I know I've talked to him about Lemieux a couple times. I want to pick Ryan's brain, too. I'm here for it. Do you think, much like Strom, Lemieux is playing above himself due to his line mates, or is he actually becoming a better player than expected? If his growth is organic and he can keep this up, does that change what you think would be a good contract for him? Lemieux is an interesting case, especially for me, because it's a guy I didn't, I think I crapped on a few weeks before this whole Lemieux renaissance really had taken place. I, I saw a stat the other day, he's the one of the only like four players to draw two-minute majors other than like Jack Eichel and a bunch of other superstars. And then Lemieux. I. It's hard to say in modern hockey that you want a player to bring grit, but that's exactly what Lemieux does. I don't know how, but he bleeds every single game. I don't know if that's a good thing either. I don't know what the future contract for Lemieux looks like, but he's definitely impacted the game more than I ever expected him to these past three weeks. He's been in the right place. He's driven energy for the team. I think he's played okay defense. He's at least noticeable. Greg has already debunked some of that point. But for a future contract, I just think this is what the Rangers are going to do with this situation is bridge deal him. I don't see another way that happens. I think they don't. They haven't seen enough from Lemieux. He's not exactly a, a superstar player. It's not someone that's going to be in your top six going forward when this team wants to contend. He's an amazing third-line player in my eyes, but that's exactly what he is. So maybe he gets like a $3.5 million deal, I don't, I, depending on where the cap goes in the next two years with the new TV deal. Not really a... Sure about that, but I think a $3.5 million bridge deal when the time comes, if he continues to play it at this rate and grow, I don't know how much better he can get than he is now. I wonder how how much better his offensive game gets because I think that really decides what his co next contract looks like. And I don't know what, how you feel about that, Gregory. Well, I, I think what we're seeing from Lemieux is basically what the best case scenario was, ever, was always going to be when we acquired him. Agreed. And I know we weren't, nobody was exactly thrilled that he was the prospect coming back in the Kevin Hayes trade, but talking with uh, our friend Marat talking with drew way, of course, they said, this is a guy that could possibly play middle six minutes on the wing. will always be someone that can put the puck in the back of the net and will be a thorn in the side of other teams, but in a, in a, in a new age gritty way where he's, he can actually play hockey, but plays with an edge. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing from Lemieux. You put better players around anybody, and they're going to play better. Huh. It's part of it's part of why a lot of people were critical of Vlad Nemestikov, because all of us thought he was just a guy that happened to play hockey with Steve Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov. If like, Brendan Lemieux played on that line, he probably would have scored 50 points too. How many points do you think you and I could score on that line? 
One, two, at least seven. Yeah, least seven. like I think we could score on that line, and that and we could, can't not Kucherov, play hockey. Kucherov could get me a goal simply by telling me to skate as fast as I can directly towards the goalie, and he'd find a way to just put the puck on my skate and it would go through someone's. Uh, yeah, you would have to do much. He's that good. No, I w- it wouldn't even hit my stick. It would just hit my body. <laughs> I'd be in a lot of pain, but I'd score a goal. Yeah, it's Lemieux is produce the fact that Lemieux is producing while playing with better players is good. That's exactly what you want to see. It's basically. It's, it's why some fans get just really annoyed or grumpy anytime Jesper Foss is playing in the top six. Imagine Brendan Lemieux just getting Jesper Foss minutes every time they come in the top six. The build, he, he knows how to score. He knows how to put himself in positions to succeed offensively. I don't think he's anything special defensively. I do like his style of play because it's always fun to have the shit talker on your side as opposed to the other teams. Would Going back a long time now, Lemieux is like a more enjoyable Jimmy VC. At the same time, when I say that, what I mean is Brendan Lemieux isn't a guy you Brendan Lemieux is not a guy you should ever worry about when trying to build out your roster long term. Lemieux should be a New York Ranger every year he has until unrestricted free agency. And then when unrestricted free agency comes, he should no longer be a New York Ranger. And those type of players are extremely important to building a successful hockey team because if you can get good players below their market value, it's going to make the rest of your team better. And I think Lemieux is that kind of guy. Lemieux is the inverse of Ryan Strom where Ryan, the thing working against Ryan Strom is he's going to become too expensive for where the Rangers are in the rebuild. He's definitely a $5 million player all of a sudden. Yeah. And by the time the New York Rangers are ready to be good again, you can't be paying Ryan Strom that kind of money. Whereas Brandon Lemieux, is the perfect age for where the New York Rangers are developmentally right now. Because by the time the New York Rangers are ready to be a Stanley Cup contender, Brendan Lemieux is still going to be getting paid below what he should be getting paid. And that kind of player is important. The next time the Rangers are really good, ideally, Brendan Lemieux is probably playing third-line minutes. But if there's an injury ahead of him, an injury that isn't to a significant piece like Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin, any of those type of players, like if Booch picks up a knock, and Brendan Lemieux has to move up the lineup for a week or two. That's the kind of player you want to be flexible with. That's why Jimmy VC on, on the New York Rangers was a frustration because he was that type of player. The New York Rangers just weren't that type of team. So when you have that type of player on a team who's aging himself out of what your growing curve is, it's not valuable for you anymore. The, that's the difference with Lemieux. He's going to, the way he's growing with this Ranger team. It's going to fit the timeline perfectly, but it's just, he's the kind of player where it's a lot easier to find another Brandon Lemieux through your own developmental system than it is to just pay the Brandon Lemieux you have. So while it's great that we're riding this wave and I'm really happy with it, I love watching Lemieux play. That stick is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in this entire world. The day Brandon Lemieux will stop being a New York Rangers, the day he hits unrestricted free agency. We don't have to worry about that right now. Bridge the shit out of Lemieux until he reaches unrestricted free agency. And then find yourself a new brand in the Mew. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Let's talk. We have three more questions. So let's, let's go through them. Uh, this is from Roselle7, another frequent commenter. Uh, five-star question. Expectations versus reality on the Georgiev and Kreider trades. What would you think would be the best return versus what will actually happen? We kind of did Georgiev already a little bit. But Kreider, I think there's a Kreider's, positive. 
there's Crowder's a possibility the one I'm still it's expecting a first round pick. Yeah, this it's a, there's it's got to be a first round. It doesn't have to be, but I you that's ex- the expectation is that you get a first. I think the reality is that maybe you get a second with conditions. Is that fair? For, for Crider? You need a first, I think, but I think teams also know that you want to trade them. So they don't I think this all depends on what what Hall gets, right? And Hall might be traded as soon as this week. No, I don't think you can judge anything Crider's going to get based on Taylor. Terrell Hall's in his own class. Right, but if Hall gets and two the, first the Devils, round picks, then someone's definitely going to pay a first for Kreider, etc. I think he's the, the thing working prize. against the Rangers. Well, the thing working against the Rangers is with Taylor Hall on the market, nobody's first priority is going to be acquiring Chris Kreider. Unless they're so like, we can't get Taylor Hall. Let's just get Chris Kreider now. That's the only that, way. It's it's a blessing and a curse because I think I think every NHL team right now is focused on what it would take to get Taylor Hall and if they have the appetite to trade for him. But it's a, it, that that's the curse. So there's no point of even talking about Kreider because as long as Hall's out there, the market is stagnated. At the same time, it's a blessing because not everyone is going to be able to trade for Taylor Hall. So the New York Rangers could be put in a position of superiority after the Hall trade because now teams realize they need to make an improvement on the win and the top dog is no longer available. Uh, I, I think Hall is going to – it's possible Hall gets multiple firsts. I think I think if you're the New York Rangers, the only team that will trade a first-round pick for Chris Kreider is a team that truly feels they're a piece away from winning the Stanley Cup. So, like, the Arizona Coyotes. Will the Arizona Coyotes trade a first-round pick for Chris Kreider? No, because even with Chris Kreider, I think the Coyotes feel as though – a lot of things would have to go right for them to justify trading that first round pick. So much like how the stars were not a slam dunk to give the Rangers a first round pick, they were put in a position where they might give the Rangers two, but they were not going to be guaranteed to do that. I think a team like the coyotes would be a team where you're getting conditionals in return for Crowder, maybe multiple conditionals specifically if they resign them. I think the just Bruins, like the stars, the Bruins are definitely a team that could be interested, but a Bruin, the Bruins are a team that could trade you the first because they feel if the Bruins are in the market for Chris Kreider, the they blue, feel the like blues that's the too. piece they need. Yeah. I'm not sure about the blues. Uh, I think the avalanche are a team that might trade you the first one because they had multiple firsts last year. And two, because maybe they feel like if they get healthy and they have Chris Kreider on top of that, um, they might be willing to make that move. They were a team that was thinking about trading 16 for Kreider last year. They're probably picking somewhere in the neighborhood of the 20s. Maybe I think 25. they're. Gonna, I think they're the Taylor Hall team, though. So if they're not, then then they definitely become the Kreider team. I don't know. Friedman keeps thinking the Flames might be the team. That is insane. Which is interesting. Uh, but the the Avalanche have been known to be curious about Kreider in the past. They're curious about curious enough to even consider trading a mid first for him. I think, I think in reality to expect the Rangers to get a pick better than somewhere that's going to land somewhere between 25 and 30 for Kreider is probably asking for too much. I do think, I do think a team like the Coyotes will be happy to trade you two conditional seconds. One of the conditions will be uh, if they get X rounds into the playoffs, like, if they make the Western Conference Finals, it becomes a first. And then the other one would be if they re-sign Chris Kreider, it becomes a first. But I 
I don't think you should be disappointed if that's what happens. At least you're giving yourself a chance at multiple first round picks if you're the Rangers at that point in time. I just, it's going to be hard to convince teams that are, teams that feel like they're in the playoff hunt, but don't necessarily feel like they're just one piece away. I don't think you're going to get a first round pick for Chris Kreider anymore. Next question is from Kako Praise B24. Praise B. Five-star question. Given the report from Elliot Friedman that Jesse Pool Party wanted to come to New York, do you think it's inevitable that Pool Party is a Ranger at some point in the near future? Uh, no. I, I think – I don't think Poyarvi is stupid. So I think Poyarvi saw the reports that the Rangers were in, interested, which means Poyarvi is telling his agent, hey, if I go there, I'm very interested. I want to play there. I'd probably sign there. Uh, I think there are probably six other teams in the NHL he'd feel very similarly about if he all of a sudden was talked about in trades with those organizations, I'm not going to, you can't sit here and tell me if all of a sudden the Tampa Bay lightning are interested. He wouldn't want to go there. He'd be very interested. Who wouldn't be. You can't tell me if the team like the San Jose sharks are interested. He wouldn't want to go there given their plethora of talent. You can't tell me hell if the Leafs trade someone and all of a sudden the Leafs become interested in Poyarvi. Can't tell me he wouldn't be interested in going there. The Bruins, there, there are plenty of teams. I think Poyarvi saw the reports that the Rangers were interested, that the Rangers were seriously interested, and Poyarvi made it known that if the Rangers did get him, he'd love to play there. That's a very smart thing for him to do, but I don't think this is an Adam Fox situation where Adam Fox is telling teams straight up, like, no, I'm playing for the New York Rangers, and you can either get something for that or you can let me walk once I hit free agency. I don't think, I don't think it's that clear with Poyarvi that he's that much in love with New York. Um, but I will say it, it's obviously enticing for a Swedish player to play with Swedish superstar Mika Zibanejad and Swedish super duper God, Henrik Lundqvist. I think those are very easy selling points for players from Sweden. I, I don't think it's inevitable, but I think we have a really good shot, which is all he's you, also all Finnish, isn't he? Poyarvi. Yes, he is. He's Finnish. Well, we got a guy. You might know him. It's, yeah. You might know him. He was, you know, big following. You know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking right. speaking of that guy, now that Kako Prisby is on a line with Panarin and Zibinijad, do you think he gets back on track and gets back into Calder Trophy consider contention? Great job as always, Chris from Florida. Thanks, Chris. I don't think uh, Cal- Calder's done. Yep. Calder's done. I was about to say there's no chance because yeah. Makar has that shit locked up. Yeah, Makar is we're we're getting to a point now where we're not even talking about the Norris with Makar. We're probably talking the Hart Trophy at this point. It's um, he's disgusting. He's amazing. He's fucking incredible. I know we picked up an injury, and that's a fucking bummer, but that dude's incredible. Yeah, there's no he, way. Kako, like, listen, love the guy. You might know. You might have heard this, but I'm I'm very happy with the way his play has gone over the past two weeks. He still has a lot of things to work on. Uh, certainly a lot of things. But uh, there's no way he wins the Calder. Like, it, unless he, like, comes out and starts scoring a goal a game for, like, a couple weeks, there's no chance he's even in the conversation. No, because Makar's still on a point-per-game pace of his own. Yes, exactly. Like, Kako would have to find a way to score 40 goals this year for us not to talk about Makar winning the call there, and it's just not going to happen. In terms of getting Kako back on track, I think he is on track. And I think think we've been spoiled, specifically in New York, by rookie performances over the years where we expect every rookie – Judge that Alonzo, comes into the made to, to the show to yeah. dominate. Mm-hmm. Glaber, Judge, Alonzo, Degrom, Cindergard. We've been spoiled rotten 
with rookies in New York. Uh, to get to go to other sports, Kristaps Porzingis was a big one. Um, yep. Saquon Barkley, a big one. Oda Beckham Jr., a big one. Yeah, we've spoiled fucking rotten with rookies. And it's it. not every rookie is going to be a superstar out of the gate. Is it? Does Kako have superstar potential? Absolutely, still. But at the same, he's an 18-year-old playing against men. And, and, we're gonna, and he's handling it pretty well. Like, and we're we're about we're about to talk to our good friends over from the Knicks wall. Or maybe there's a rookie. There's a rookie with superstar potential of his own playing for the Knicks, R.J. Barrett, who isn't necessarily breaking down doors either right now. Now, some of that is because the Knicks are just an absolute dumpster fire, but some of that is because it's a transition, it's a growing experience, and I think Kako is learning some hard lessons this year, and this is the perfect year for him to learn them because again, the New York Rangers are rebuilding. They can talk about wanting to make the playoffs as much as they would like. I hope they play like a team that wants to make the playoffs. That doesn't mean they're going to. And this is the perfect year for Kako to learn. If the Rangers were actually serious about trying to make the playoffs and trying to win a Stanley Cup this year, never in a million years would we be seeing Kako on a line with Zabin and Panarin. But this is the perfect year to put Kako as a rookie on a line with those two guys because the Rangers understand his game needs to grow. We need to put him in positions that will challenge him to take his games to new levels. And we need to put him with players that will try and support his specific types of talents that are also elite in their own right. I think so. this offseason will be the biggest deal for Kako and we'll, we'll have him make the sophomore jump, mostly because... I don't even think it, I don't even think this offseason will be... He's He'll be 19 next year. Oh, but this is the first year he's going to have like professional training an appropriate diet. I mean, he'll be. I'm, a not wor- I'm not worried about him. I'm literally not worrying about not, Kako until his entry level contract is up. I'm not worried about Kako at all. I want to make that super clear, but I do think this off season of training, guys, he's already like six three, two twenty. Like he's a big, he's a big boy. He once he puts muscle on, and he, he's probably not done growing. He's gonna be an absolute monster, and he's good now. I want to make that super clear. I think he's good now, but he's a lot more room to grow. This last question is from uh, Notvid Lozo. Uh, he wrote a thesis, so I'm going to summarize it. Hey, fellas, it's Spencer, a.k.a. Mac Winnen on Twitter. Constantly blowing up your missions. I know I made, a, uh, made you read a five-star review that was a, the- a length of ten- the Ten Commandments. I promise today I will strictly summarize. Spencer, you did not do that. You wrote a goddamn thesis. You asked, like, four questions, and they're all – two of them aren't even questions. You said the rebuild's over because we drafted Kako. That's incorrect. The rebuild is still going on. Uh, you believe that Taylor Hall will be on the Avalanche at least this week. I kind of agree with you, but I don't think this week. I think the Avalanche will trade for Taylor Hall. The next question, you said, I'm going to the Rangers and Sharks game on Thursday with my friend. Uh, who is the person other than Kako, the chosen one, I should be watching in to, watching closely at the game? I think the answer for that, for me, is Brendan Lemieux. Because, like like I said earlier on this podcast, he's very noticeable. And right now, it's fun. it's fun for me personally to see how he's affecting the game whether it's positive or not. Gregory, what is your answer? Don't go to the game expecting to watch any one player. Just watch the fucking game. See what player jumps out to you. Go in there with zero expectations for every player and come away thinking positively or negatively about whoever you want. Someone will jump off the page that we're not thinking about. Maybe it's the greatest game we've ever seen from Adam Fox. Maybe it's the worst game we've ever seen from Pavel Buchnevich. Just go in with no expectations. Maybe Brett Howden. No. Never mind. Don't Um, even. All right. Yeah, just go in with no expectation. If 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 it's a game, you're you're, you're it, baseball's different, right? Because you can go to a baseball game and be like, "Boy, I am excited to see Mike Trout hit four times," because it's it's it, baseball really is an individual sport masqueraded as a team. Everything about it. But with hockey, just go in expecting a hockey game. 
and see what you come away with. Maybe you'll surprise yourself. It. I feel like we always have the most fun with the hockey games when we just go in and then someone does something. We're like, what the fuck? What is that? Whereas you, you start criticizing and tearing people apart if you go into the game being like, I want to see Kabakako do X. And if he doesn't do X, I'm going to think it's a disappointing performance. When really what you might be missing is maybe Ryan Strom has a six-point game. I mean, I doubt it, but you don't know. Hey, Could that happen. would be – if you call that – That'd be fucking crazy. So thank cool. you bo- uh, both. Trade very- of the day after that happens. Thank you both very much for four year- long years of podcasting and bringing us the best Rangers podcast out there in the market. And congrats to Ryan on your huge move. I hope to bug you in Philly in sometime in the near future. Thank you, Spencer. All right, we've done a long time of uh, five-star questions. Let's transition. Transition. Okay, you guys heard last week, I'm moving. So during the moving process, what's the one thing you really don't want to do? That's right, Cook. I don't want to cook at all. I'm going to eat out. But instead of eating out, it's going to be delivered to where I'm moving to. Because i got a lot to unpack. You know what I'm going to use? Yes, you do. DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat. And your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. For me, my new apartment for you. Where are you? You find out. You could choose many different thing, uh, restaurants such as Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BSB. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store or Google Play and enter the promo code BSB. And listen, don't forget, the promo code is BSB. It's $5 off your first order from DoorDash. And weekends are made for football. And with so many college and pro games on the slate, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can make your weekend even better. Actually... Now that I think about it, with all the hoops and hockey action going on, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can get you in on the action 24-7, 365 days a year. With so much going on this week, they have great promotions running every day. From odds boosts to free bets, DraftKings has it all. DraftKings Sportsbook is so easy to use, you can deposit, place your bets, and withdraw in a matter of seconds. It's no wonder why DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook will now give users a free bet just for signing up. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code QUICK for a limited time. All new users can get a free bet on sign-up. Plus, when you make your first bet, you can get a risk-free bet up to $500. That's code QUICK to place your first bet and get a risk-free bet up to $500 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older to older to participate new jersey only restrictions apply seaside for details gambling problem call 100 gambler back to the podcast hey we're back with our guest of the day frequent <sighs> guests uh of the bush breakaway we have the Knicks wall you guys are back on like episode 60 welcome back to the show we have anthony corbo and maggio maggio's last name's not corbo but there you go corbo say hello there it is there it is. Uh, I don't know which one I am now, but I guess I'm Anthony Corbo. How you doing? There you go. Uh, and, uh, and Kyle, why don't you say hello also? Hello. How's it going, everybody? Doing very well. Um, I do want – we brought you guys on for a topic as old as time, as we said before we started recording, and that is uh, Mr. <laughs> I said. Mr. JD uh, in the straight shot himself, which I did an album review of, and it you know, wasn't that bad. It could have been worse. Yeah, I saw that. That's the whole thing here, like – you can shit all over JD you want, but do not talk trash about the straight shot. The straight shot There's are a talented musician group. Just hardworking musicians out there, just living out their dreams, selling out Madison Square Garden. They have to, like, they get to open for the Eagles. Come on, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, Greg and I have had the conversation recently. 
And I can't believe that uh, Greg's laughing. I don't know why. Something just bad happened to him. Oh, but... that was no, that was a cough. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I just thought you know. Yeah, I'm was... just, I'm just, I'm just casually dying. It's not a big deal. <laughs> very... We all are. Well, aren't we all? Um, I, I, last week when Dolan obviously Fizdale was fired from the Knicks, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. When Dolan came out and uh, everyone was just flaming on him, like owner next, like uh, the Mets were bought, JD next, etc. I had to come out and, and defend. JD, which feels weird because he really is the perfect hockey owner. He spends money and he lets people do their job. When, what, how do you look as Knicks fans at the New York Rangers in general? Like, what do you think when you're, you're following the Knicks, obviously you're covering the Knicks for the Knicks wall. You're like, you look over at the New York Rangers who just signed our Ted Bifanarin, who was the biggest free agent. What are your thoughts to yourselves? Either Envious. Envious. That's a good way to start. Envious. Yeah, it, it, that's really the best feeling is because, I, you know, I've obviously very loosely followed the Rangers for quite some time. I've been much more serious this year. But, um, you know, I can see like, yeah, there was a point of contention, you know, when they were actually title contenders, you know, uh, at towards the beginning of this decade. You know, like, I remember that. I remember them being a, a tough team, a good team. And then they rebuilt a little bit, right? They had some down years. And now they're back on the upswing. We're still, I mean, still rebuilding, but yes, like yes, we yes, did sign I mean, the, the, the star. And the, free and the record, the, yeah, you signed a star free agent. The record is fifteen and eleven. I mean, you're not. It, it's not. You know what I mean? Like, there's we're not abysmal. Yeah, the you're guy not, you're not you're the guys were you're not the Knicks. Yeah, are, the guy you, you were hyping up for a year actually showed up for you. So, yeah, you know, like it's it must be nice. You know what I mean? Like it, it's also well, it's, my team that I'm rooting for now, but it's well, like. How can we have the same owner? It does not feel like it's possible. You yeah, know? The, the Rangers that, for me. The do Rangers, I ever, hold on, hold on. Well, sorry, yeah, last sorry. Do, you, do you ever see the Rangers PR account tweet some wild <laughs> shit? Does the Rangers PR account ever come out and say, no, we, we did not offer insert hockey player X a contract this offseason? No. It's fake news. Actually, did you this ever year, like, they got funny. They like hired a social media crew and like started doing fun posts like for fellow kids. For the first time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's we, nice. That's nice. We tried that with the Knicks, but like they just kind of decided to. They only really knew four words, and it was New York or nothing. And they just keep on repeating that shit over and over again. Uh, I, for me, the Rangers have always been my source of salvation. Like going back years now at this point, because like nearly I became a Rangers fan. I think probably around 2012 or so, and I. For me, for all those years, I mean, the Knicks have been garbage for all but one of those years in that span in between. So the Rangers have always been like what I go to to actually root for a team that's like competitive, that I enjoy, that I have, you know, that I have ambition for them winning. Uh, The Knicks to me is more uh, where my cynicism tends to thrive. (laughs) Uh, It's it's funny because. So the two things clearly happen with the NBA that just don't happen with the NHL. And it, 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 it's weird. I find myself getting frustrated both by the fact that it happens and that it also doesn't happen. The first is anytime anyone ever talks, I'm looking at Bill Simmons talks about the worst owner in sports. Obviously James Dolan is one of the first ones he brings up, but it's like just willful ignorance that either people forget that he owns the Rangers because the Rangers seem successful or, they ignore that the fact that he owns the Rangers was just because everything is so dysfunctional over in Knicks land. And the other thing that is funny, and it's something that Kyle brought up, it's 
the Rangers PR account doesn't exist and it doesn't have to tweet anything because how the NHL is covered is just night and day different from the NBA where we love the Rangers beat. A lot of those, we know a lot of those guys, we have a good time with those guys. They come on the podcast and we, we, they're willing to answer every question we throw at them. It's great. But the NHL beat very much seems like a community of mostly men who just don't want to rock the boat. They don't really push hard on anything. And if they do push hard on something, it's not anything overly significant. I mean, we just went through a, a whole, there was a six week period where Mika Zibanejad didn't play a hockey game for the New York Rangers. And it seems evident that there was a head injury and eh, the beat just didn't want to ask e- either. Either the beat didn't want the beat did ask, but David Quinn just said, well, I don't think it's a concussion. And the entire beat just goes, all right, well, that's good enough for me. It's like that shit wouldn't happen in the NBA. All it, It's not even just Woj. It's like Vork would get wind of someone possibly having a head injury. And if the Knicks said it wasn't a head injury, Vork would be like, no, no, it's very clearly a head injury. So you're going to tell me what the injury is. It's just like it's a different environment in the NBA that I think creates this. I, I don't. It just brings out the worst in Dolan that just isn't there in hockey because no one challenges him and no one needs to. Yeah. And I, I think that a lot of kind of like where you're coming from with uh, just kind of how the coverage is different. Like a lot of it comes down to like the the amount of people like you're saying that want to shake things up. And, you know, the NBA had that had this really big thing happen. And like kind of Kyle and I with our roles are kind of like, you know, benefiting from this. But the NBA had a real shift in, I think, uh, and really pioneered the way for other sports, but like shift in like self-produced media. Um, whereas now some of the beat guys either have to try pushing a little bit harder or they get caught in those same ways of, you know, kind of like the same old thing. And then you kind of pair that with like, you have more people pressing and then you have an owner who's only going to try to double down rather than try to, uh, at least on the basketball side of things, like he is more adept at doubling down than he is to admitting his mistakes and trying to fix them. Uh, and that kind of mentality carries over throughout the entire front office. I mean, that's what we got with the the ten, you know, the post ten game uh, press conference that the, uh, you know, that the Knicks GM and uh, and President Steve Mills and Scott Perry had to do the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, which was just a complete embarrassment. It was basically just saying that you know, we think that we should have been competing harder than we really were, wow. and like you don't have that kind of pressure in, in some of the other places because there are less people. There's just I think there's less of a voice sometimes in other sports than there is basketball across Twitter, but you know that conversation gets out of control really quickly. And then you have, you know, teams that are very much reactionary, like the Knicks are, you know, trying to either it, it, now it starts to look weird when they react to something. It looks weird when they don't react to something. And it's just kind of like uncontrollable chaos right now. Yeah. And um, I, I would like I'd like to uh, just add that. Uh... Oh, fuck. What was I going to say? Uh oh. Sorry, Maggio. You can't. Life, you can't end. I will tell you that while Maggio thinks of what he was saying, I looked up the New York Rangers PR account, uh, and mm. it does not exist. It has two follow, if two followers and zero. It follows zero people, but it is New York Rangers PR. So I'm assuming right. that's the PR account, which doesn't and this exist. other account, the Knicks account, is just in so far over its head. Like that account used to be run just fine, like you would imagine a PR account. It's yeah, like and, this. Per- this person uh, is injured. This person is, you know, dealing with this symptom. This person will not play tonight. The starting lineups are going to be this. Now it's like addressing controversy 
which I guess really is the the role of PR in an organization, but we just shouldn't have yeah. this much controversy and, to, and, to and what, what I was going to say is, so remember you said they threw the impromptu press conference, right? Mm. And what did they follow that up with? Uh, silence after Fisdale was fired? Silence after David Fisdale's fired. Like, no organization ever does. They, they haven't every said day. anything yet? So I'm not following no, the Knicks but, very closely. And, 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 they, and, no, they, did, and, they released and, a statement three days later, but we haven't heard and, that. They said they were going to do a press conference. Uh, they were taking the game in 10-day chunks, and that's why they felt like they had to go out and give a press conference the first and, time they did. And may I add, may I add, that they made David Fisdale throw an entire practice Go through the entire rigmarole, film and everything the whole day, just to fire him the same afternoon. An hour later, two hours later. An hour later. They don't fire anybody on the Rangers. Like Lindy Ruff is a terrible defensive coach. Yeah, really. And he's still here. They like refuse to no, fire. It's him. it's not. But it's it's not just that the Rangers do. I mean, the Rangers fired Elaine Vino, which is something I never expected them to After do. After he said, but I refuse same... to be fired. But yes. Yeah, it took some time. <laughs> uh, it's it's just crazy because you look at again. This is. Two organizations owned by the same man going through rebuilds. One organization puts out the letter, this infamous document that, not even infamous, just well-regarded document that says, look, fans, we're going to suck, and it's going to be tough, and we, we're sorry in advance. We're going to trade guys that you don't want us to trade. We're going to get draft picks that doesn't seem sexy to you, but this is the only way we're going to be able to compete. We need a restart. And we're terribly sorry that you're going to have to go through this. It's just something you're going to have to live with. Everybody loved the letter. Everyone refers to the letter as that's how you rebuild. In fact, other teams in the NHL have then sent out letters telling their fans, sorry for us are sucking in the future. Then you look at the Knicks. Again, owned by the same guy. And exactly what you guys are talking about. They fire a coach and management doesn't say anything. It's... James, it, there's, it's like a gift and a curse. It's a gift for the Rangers because James Dolan seemingly continues to trust the right people or at least pragmatic people to run his hockey organization. And he just continually trusts the wrong people to do that with the basketball organization. Right, and that's that's where the issue stems from right there. It's that, you know, when I was, uh, you know, Glenn Saylor, Jeff Gordon in the, in the room for you guys, uh, I forget who is in a position of power now who's John kind Davidson. of like, yeah, yeah, John Davidson. Uh, it's it's it just feels like to me like when especially and the letter is kind of a good way of a good benchmark for this where your team seems to have come in with a you know an understanding however long it took to get there is irrelevant but like they came with an understanding that they need to rebuild um, and then they laid out a plan they addressed that plan with the fans and largely you know you have to adjust a little bit on the fly. But largely, they stuck to that plan, and you're you're seeing, you know, certain tangible results, even if it's not everything just yet. With the Knicks and Scott Perry and Steve Mills, you have this. They, I have this. Uh, like with them, it just seems like they were able to. They knew how to start the rebuild. They knew how to tear it down. They knew like what pieces they may have to acquire. They knew what to look for, but they had no idea how to execute. And this is where we're at right now, where they're just. You know, they they had this whole idea. They let they let out a plan to the much like the Rangers did. They let the fans in on their plan that they're going to build things correctly. They're going to do things the slow way. And then as soon as they saw a bright shiny object in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, all that went out the window. You trade your franchise cornerstone away, and then none of that comes through. And now you're left scrambling 
because you just you, you couldn't follow through with what you laid out and now we're in the but situation where even that the guy you brought in to bring those guys in squealed on you like deandre jordan like screwed you and then... oh yeah but but deandre like he, if anything like obviously there was all the talk about him being like you know the lure for kevin durant but like honestly deandre jordan like they got him here it was great and everything like that of course he was a little bit of a spy for durant i i think that he had uh you know probably had a say in telling durant not to uh you know come to new york or not to come to the knicks but uh you know it, it's it's just even beyond that like they kind of like they put all their cards on the table for this one thing that was very far from a sure thing, despite how much they made it out to be. And now they don't know where to go from it because their backup plan, you know, their plan B was a shit plan from the start. And now wouldn't you know, it's not working out. So they're just kind of left with their thumbs up their ass. I got to ask, because I, I do think about this sometimes. And these are some questions that are just for more broad people that don't follow the Knicks as much as you guys do. But if, if Durant doesn't tear his Achilles, do you still believe he's a Nick? Cause I sort of do. Yes and no. I think a lot of that has to do with what you're talking about, DeAndre Jordan steering him the wrong way, though. I, I think there is more to the conversation than just the Achilles. Got it. So, so from I, I don't have like actual sources. I have tidbits of information, and from those, uh, all I can say is like people around the team were very certain that he was coming, like very certain. Like, like there was some stuff that was said to us uh, a few times, and. Uh, it, it really painted the picture of what they thought was about to happen. I think it was a and, thing for a good period and, of time. And, yeah, and, and, and like you could tell it was the, the elephant in the room that they couldn't stop talking about. Like they kept trying not to – like you're not supposed to tell people, and they were trying to tell people. And it, uh, Dolan went on, so it went on so ESPN Radio and was like, we're going we, to – without saying it, he was like, we're getting Durant. Like, yeah. right. and that's yeah. a whole major turning point, you know? Yeah, and it's just, and it's just like some of the – you know, it's just some of the stuff that uh, – comes up from that and it really makes you think and I, I don't know if you could say for certain but i felt pretty good about him having you know you know him coming i, I don't know about Kyrie. i don't know if that still would have been a package deal but i i was pretty confident all the signs are pointing to that so either they were totally delusional and they never had a chance and it was just classic nicks talking them uh themselves into something but uh, they were they were pretty sure. I don't. And I mean, it wasn't just the Knicks, and it wasn't just Knicks media either. Kind of hyping this up, like the entire NBA and media landscape was preparing for this. Everybody knew like, that was what was going on. Yeah, everyone was like wanting to get in early on this, or wanted to like you know be the voice who was guiding the conversation. I think a lot of it ended up getting overblown, and you know people just kind of taking things out of context when you have something that big. But um, yeah, I, I mean, there were professional you know entities and teams out there who were preparing for this to be you know beyond the likelihood like it felt way more real than anything else for it did for a long time and you know like the way it went down it i hate to say it but it does make sense like there's no reason why we should have thought of ourselves as a destination especially after trading away the cornerstone and you know being left here with a you know kind of a, a spare parts drawer of, you know, players and picks to kind of choose from and try to put things together. But it sucks because um, I do believe that all those people had good information. Durant was coming. The Achilles tear happens. Then changes his mind, rather follows Kyrie to the nets. And then because of that, Dolan looks, I listen, I, I know how Dolan treated the Knicks. It's no surprise, but I do think he had good information that Durant was coming. And because of that, they didn't make any smart moves like, I don't know, trading for faults. Right. 
or taking right, on right, bad right. contracts. Like, you, like they got faults for Jonathan Simmons, guys. That was the number one overall pick. You tell me the Knicks could do that? I, I the, was. Uh, I, I would say the Kyrie thing that you just brought up there is one of the more tell. It's probably the most telling of anything here. I, Durant and Kyrie were always going to be a package deal, and I think that was underreported over the course of the last season. They were always going to be a package deal, and I think a lot of it came down to, you know, Kyrie wanted to play for the team that he was a fan of as a kid. Durant was going to follow Kyrie where he wanted to go, and that's kind of how it worked out, you know? Mm-hmm. He was a Nets fan? Supposedly, yeah, he grew yeah. up in Jersey. What the hell? Yeah, yeah that's... No one was yeah, a Nets fan. Oh, uh, that, that's that's why the story doesn't check out, you know. But I'm still on the I'm sort of still on the uh, Kemba Durant New York City Achilles happens. They tell Kemba he goes to Boston. That's what I, I that's where I land. But but to, like comparatively to the New York Rangers, it's totally different because our Tammy Panarin is pretty much we break the story on Bushwick's Breakaway, not to brag, with Aaron Portsline. Portsline really breaks it, but it's on our show. And then he's like, Panarin wants to go to the New York Ranger. We it ends up happening. Like I know that so we York- also we also live in, we live in the world where someone a superstar, clearly the best player available on the open market, took less money to sign with James Dolan's New York Rangers. Not once. The Blue Jackets but offered more. Two times. Blue Jackets offered more years and money, and. If if playing in New York was it, the Islanders offered more money than the Rangers, and both time Panarin was like, "No, I'm okay. I'll Which, take I'll take the Ranger deal." And that's kind of something that routinely happens with some of the Rangers too. Like you saw that with Kevin Chattenkirk too, where they take some of the you know a, you know I know Chattenkirk was a little bit of a hometown discount kind of deal, but like players are okay with taking less money to come play for the Rangers because they believe in their leadership. The only way you're getting people to sign with the Knicks right now is by overpaying them. But but not not just that. It's just like the difference in the two franchises. It's it's crazy to think about. But a guy like Adam Fox, twenty one years old, so that means he was born what nineteen ninety eight. So he wasn't alive for the ninety four Stanley Cup. That dude just grew up a Ranger fan, and was in college, was drafted by the Calgary Flames, and he tells the Flames to fuck off. The Flames trade him to the Hurricanes, who are without question, one of the best-run organizations in all of hockey. They're one of the more fun teams. Everything they do is fun. And Fox looks them dead in the eyes and tells them to fuck off. And then he tells every other team in hockey, he's like, I'm signing with the New York Rangers. You can either trade me there now or you can let me walk as a free agent. I'm going to play for the Rangers. And the, the Hurricanes blinked, and he signed with the Rangers. It's When's the last time a basketball player said, I am going to the Knicks. That is what I want to do. That is where I want to be. I I honestly can't remember. It was Definitely mellow. No I mean, one... honestly, it was mellow. But even but even mellow, it was just like I'm going to the I'm going to the Knicks, but the Knicks have to pay me. Sure. Like yeah. again, I don't I don't like to I don't like to shit on Mellow because I love well, him and I thought he gave us some of the most entertaining basketball as a Knicks fan. At well, the same time, all Mellow had to do was say, I'm going to the Knicks. Don't fucking trade for me. Let me play with actual people, and let's see what we can do. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, the young players wouldn't want to go to the Knicks right now anyway. I mean, like, the Knicks, there's a famous stat out there that the Knicks have not re-signed uh, one of their first-round picks since... Charlie fucking Ward. Charlie bro. fucking Ward. That Charlie fucking Ward. That's 20 years. 20 years of rookies have not been re-signed. That's... 
stupid, guys. Like, really think about that. Like that, there's that's no a better, genuinely. There's no better value in sports, maybe, than a rookie NBA contract. Sure, and it's easier than ever to keep NBA players signed. Uh, like, you know, you get the rookie deal, and then you get, you know, they get the the restricted free agency after that, and you can extend them even before that. Like, it's hard as fuck to not keep a rookie signed for like six or seven years in in one. Like, if if someone doesn't want to be in a in a city or play for a team and they're you know, on their rookie deal or something like that, and they have restricted free agency coming up, you can pretty much almost guarantee that they'll be on your team for seven, eight years. And you know, it's only like Anthony Davis now. We're just seeing him being able to get out, and he's not even you know, fully out of that first, you know, that second contract he signed with the Pelicans yet. And you know, so it's, it's, and that's the whole thing with the, why the Porzingis trade you know, looks so, so bad in hindsight, because you know, even if the guy doesn't want to be there, you still have control over his contract. You know, you could still pay him when, you know, if, even if he goes out of restricted free agent and goes and signs you know, elsewhere, you have the right to match that. And then he stays on your team. Like the NBA makes it stupid hard to let your rookies walk. And we do that consistently. It's uh, it's an unbelievable comparison because we have these players that fight their way here and you can't sign the people that should be the easiest to sign. And that's, that's the difference between the two teams. And yet, James Dolan is a terrific NHL owner, which I don't understand how the, it could be so what, bad for the NBA. He, not just a terrific. It's hard for me to think of five owners that are better because Dolan shut he shuts up and signs checks. That's all he does. He tr- he has he gave full autonomy to Glenn Sather to do whatever Glenn Sather wanted to do for better or for worse, and he's given full autonomy to John Davidson to do the exact same thing. The the Rangers he just leaves untouched. I don't know if it's because he doesn't like the, he doesn't like ice. Maybe he gets too cold. I honestly I can't remember the last time we went to a Ranger game. Like if if he's been to a Ranger game, they do not show him, or like any yeah. broadcast doesn't show him. We know when Dolan's at a Nick game, he shows up on TV, but he doesn't go to Ranger games. And the well, Rangers yeah. have been wildly more successful. He's also got the wicked witch of the West kind of thing going on with him when he shows up at uh, at at Nick's games, where it's just like. If he's in the building, if he shows his face there, like there's going to be a camera on him because he's just got a cloud hanging over him, you know, with like, you know, I, I just honestly, God, I think it, I think he just doesn't really care about hockey all that much. I just kind of think that he's like good with being an owner, letting the, the people who really know how to run hockey, run hockey. And like as much as he's promised to do that in the past with the Knicks, I think he just likes basketball too much and he just likes the Knicks team more than anything. And it's just he's going to get involved. And he kind of knows that he is this figurehead in the NBA where he's not in the NHL. Well, Kako bless I don't him know. because I love it. Kako bless him. For sure. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on. Anything else you want to add before we let them go, Gregory? Uh, how angry are – have you guys been bitter this entire season that Dolan used up all his lottery magic on the Rangers? <sighs> I wouldn't say I've been bitter about that necessarily. I mean, I've been bitter this season, but I'm – I'm. I mean, the, the draft, like, honestly, because I think R.J. Barrett's going to pan out. So I'm not really even all that upset about the draft right now. R.J. was like, the top if, prospect, like, going into the year before Zion exploded. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, like, Perhaps. yeah, totally. And, like, if we can get one of our, like, recent four lottery picks to work out for us, like, I'm 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 satisfied with that. So the, the draft isn't what's uh, making me angry or bitter right now. It's a, a slew of other does, things. Does watching Luka Doncic, which is the most uh, maybe enjoyable experience in sports right now, make you sad? 
Only because he plays with Porzingis, and Porzingis benefits off that. Also because he's attached to directly to your first-round picks for 2021 and 2023, I believe? Uh, Yeah, to a degree. I, I mean, I'm not counting on those picks to be much of anything anyway, but it's I just... I just don't like seeing good things happen to Chris Stubbs Porzingis right now. Yeah, Sorry. Totally understand. Uh, why don't you guys plug exactly what you do, and we'll let you get the hell out of here. Uh, yeah. Uh, go listen to the Knicks Wall podcast. We are on the uh, Blue Wire podcast network. Uh, you can go to thenickswall.com. Find all of our episodes there. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, do all the subscription stuff we do. Uh, you know, an episode or two or we, uh, a week, I've got Maggio on there with all of them. Our boy Mike Cortez is uh, about to start up hosting one of our other shows a week. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of interesting things, a lot of exciting things over, going on over there. We're trying to keep it as, uh, you know, and, and we're trying to bring as much excitement as we can to it. But, you know, if anything, just come commiserate with us. We're there for you. Uh, I will give you guys a little uh, exclusive oh. on this pod. I, I saved this for you. So, hasn't even been tweeted. What? Has hasn't even been pushed. Not a single time. Saved it for this pod. I'm so just because I love you. I'm I don't even Sorry. know what you're gonna say. I'm nervous. I know. So, uh, as you know, Mellow's our boy. Uh, always has been. We got his back. Okay. All right. All right. So we are releasing a very exclusive. Uh, jersey pack that you can get at the nickswall.com and uh, it's going to be a special limited edition mellow jersey and you also <laughs> get you also get a uh portlanthony portland jersey oh uh, which gosh. which actually looks like the Bla- uh, blazers jersey uh very well done our phenomenal graphic artist ryan gray uh, did it again okay. so uh we're doing a little deal with those you will see it later on tonight we worked with design tree our vendor to do that so uh very excited to offer that tweet it uh, at I me i will retweet that shit and i will say praise be yeah but uh, that's a little uh blue shirts breakaway exclusive thank you so the streets I'm fucking mellow man are you good for him are you are you guys gonna come out with an app uh in the next couple months where you get to be Steve Mills, which allows you to just do absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's like it's like a game of Sims if you don't leave your recliner. Like that's yeah. that's the that would that's the app. That's we're Steve gonna Mills do the app. David Fisdale app where you just walk to the beachside counter for the next two years and get pina coladas with no worrying about cash. That's awesome. So Fizz, Fizz is I living wish. a fine life, if yeah. we're being honest. Oh, he's back in Miami. Any, any you know NBA that. Co- that's my dream is to be an NBA head coach just one time, so I can get fired and not work. And get With paid two years left of your dollars. contract. Oh my! What what a dream! That that is the American dream. When was Getting the last fired. year you paid Phil? Was it last year? Yeah, I can tell you this. Year. All right, here here's the last thing I'll throw. I'll drop before we go. It was a four year deal. Yeah. I, okay. So Phil was there. I do know that we just finished playing Derek. Uh, just finished paying Derek Fisher last season. And, we uh, just Jeff finished Hornacek. paying Jeff Hornacek last season. We still have Kurt Rambis on the book through this season. Yep. Uh, and now we have David Fisdale on the book for the rest of this season and two more. Yo, and MSG won't hire us. That's crazy. All right. Isn't that, that bizarre? Is insane. <laughs> it's, in- it's actually insane. I will provide more value than Jeff Hornacek. All right, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. We'll, uh, we'll make sure to follow you and check out the jerseys. Peace out. See you, boys. Thanks for having us, fellas. Transition.
y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 